Hello again, and welcome to Better Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. I'd like to welcome you back for your weekly bit of wisdom and advice. Today, I'm going to try to give you some more useful, helpful, safe, and effective information, and we're going to talk about drinking specifically. No, we are not going to talk about that kind of drinking. We're not talking about the adult beverages, the frosty beverages that we consume at tailgate parties or that get consumed at fraternity parties. We're talking about drinking water and drinking all sorts of liquids. I want to tackle several myths today and hopefully get you some good information about drinking. There's a lot of stuff that's out there talking about drinking. There's a lot of ideas behind what we should be drinking. There's sports drinks that are being sold. There are people selling water systems because we need certain kinds of water according to them. We need to drink alkaline water. We need to drink filtered water. We need to drink distilled water. All these people are using information uh, and the research that proves that their information is valid has been done by the company that makes the, uh, the product that they're selling. So I'm always a bit skeptical when somebody uses that company's information to prove that what I really need is that company's product. That's not what we're doing here today. We're going to try to look at some of the facts. We're also going to tackle some of the myths that are out there. Let's start off with the facts. It's kind of widely accepted that, that the body is about 60 or 70% water. There's an online source, WebMD, and it quotes the number uh, that our bodies are 60% water. That's a good number. There's a lot of folks that agree with that. Water is obviously important. Every organ and every system that's in our bodies from skin on the outside to our heart and lungs and liver on the inside require water and require fluid to work properly. Taking fluid away from those systems makes them not work as well, become less effective, and ultimately can lead to health issues, damage, or death. Uh, it's said that we can go about a week without water. We can go about three weeks without food, but only about a week without water. If we're in the perfect kind of environment, we're doing the perfect kind of activities, it is possible that we might be able to exist and not die after going without water for about a week. We're going to need to put fluids back into our system. Fluids are what we're talking about here, and they are present in the things that we eat and drink, not just in water. There are a lot of foods that we eat that have a lot of fluid in them, and that does count as water. In a hot summer day, have you ever had a slice of watermelon that's just so juicy, it drips down your chin, eat a couple slices of those, and you're not really surprised that several hours later you're making a couple of trips to the bathroom, water in, water out. We can get a lot of liquids and a lot of water from a lot of different fruits and vegetables. All foods have water in them. How much our body gets out of those foods kind of varies by what it is that we're talking about. So we don't just have to drink water to get our fluids into our system. Another fact that's, that's pretty well known about water is that most places in America have very widely accessible and cheap and safe tap water. You can go to your kitchen sink right now, turn on the faucet and drink some pretty good water. Some people don't like the taste of it, but we're talking about safe water here. We're talking about water that's not carrying disease, not carrying organisms that are gonna make us sick. Uh, so, and it's coming right out of your faucet in, in your kitchen. So we have the availability to get water and drink water unlike some other countries. We really have a, a lot of good things going for us when it comes to drinking. We all know that we're supposed to drink. There are some places out there of sources of information that are very specific and say we need to drink specifically water. They've come up with this rule, this general rule of thumb, that's eight by eight. 
they say that we need eight glasses of water that have eight ounces of water, eight ounces in it per day. So eight ounce, eight, eight ounce glasses per day, 64 ounces of water per day. In fact, there's a pretty good website out there called mayoclinic.org. I got some really good information along with WebMD's website. Mayoclinic.org cites a study done by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine, and it's tried to determine that an adequate daily fluid intake, all fluids, is about 15 and a half cups for men and 11 and a half cups for women. It's kind of important because there's a difference between men and women. And I'll go one step further and say that I think that there's a difference, a significant difference between the amount of fluid that a woman who's five foot tall and 98 pounds and a man who's six foot six and 300 pounds should be consuming on a daily basis. So even guidelines like this demand a little bit of interpretation on our behalf. But their idea is a valid one. And they, they're talking about recommendations for fluid that comes from water, other beverages, and food. Their estimation is that about 20% of our daily fluid intake comes from food. And the rest of it comes from what we drink. If that's true, if we're going to use that as a ballpark, then about 12 cups of fluid for men, 96 ounces, and 72 ounces of liquid for women per day. Those are great numbers and those are great places to start and I don't want to tear you away from those. But I do want to give you one real quick thing to think about before we move on. There are some things that will change that drastically, meaning we need a lot more of it. If you're doing exercise, great study out there that says about two hours before you do exercise, you should drink about 17 ounces of water, which is two cups, just a hair over two cups. Two hours before exercise, two cups of water. Your systems need to be hydrated because you're going to be be losing some water when you're working out. It would be great to sort of preload your body with a little bit of water so it can deal with the exercise and the activity. If you're doing extended activity, you definitely need to replace the water that you sweat out. How much water do you lose during a workout session? That's a real tough one for people. Some folks say you should drink water when you're thirsty. It's a little too late by the time you recognize that you're thirsty to start drinking. You're already kind of behind the curve a little bit. How do you know how much you should aim to drink a, in a session? Ideally, what you would do is weigh yourself prior to a workout session, work out, and weigh yourself afterwards. You got to get rid of the sweaty clothes because that's the amount of water we're trying to figure out. If you recognize that you sweated off a half a pound of water during this Zumba class, I'm going to argue that you did not burn a half a pound of fat, but you sweated off a half a pound of water. Do the math, figure out how much water you need to drink and replace at least that much water for your workout or else you're going to start down that curve of dehydration. So exercise clearly indicates the amount of water that we're going to need to be drinking. If you're not exercising on a particular day, you don't have to increase your water levels and your drinking levels above what we've already talked about. Weather can have an impact on how much water we should be drinking as well or fluids that we should be drinking. If you're in a climate-controlled environment, you're not impacted by the weather and your, your liquid requirements aren't really changed very much by the weather. If you're the person working on the roof in that 90-degree day, fixing the air conditioner for the person inside, you probably definitely need to, to get more water into you because you're sweating all the time. The temperature, the humidity, where we're doing our job, what kind of environment we're working in can dictate whether or not we need to be drinking extra liquids or go with the norm. There's another case where people need to be drinking more, and that's people that are sick, people that are suffering from the flu, maybe running a fever, maybe having some vomiting. Uh, there are other illnesses and medical conditions that demand a little bit extra water. Some of those folks need to take that into consideration, drink some more. And the last group of people that I want to talk about real quickly is women that are nursing. If you're a nursing mother, you know, and I'm not going to try to tell you how much water you need because your body's making milk. 
So those people need to drink extra water and extra liquids. Water is probably the best one for them. So the next question I'm going to talk about, should we be drinking water or will any fluid do the trick? Harvard School of Public Health has put out a sample beverage plan. It suggests ballpark of 50 ounces of water per day, 28 ounces of coffee or tea per day, 16 ounces of milk per day, allowing you four ounces of juice or beer through the course of the day. Now that's not saying that everybody has to drink four ounces of juice or that people have to drink 28 ounces of coffee or tea, but that's a nice ballpark number. If you're gonna drink a couple of cups of coffee, if you're gonna have a glass or two of milk, that's the numbers that, that seem to work the best for them. I really like the Harvard information because I think it includes a lot of things that normal people, most of us, probably have included in our daily diet or drinking plan. So I'm going to talk about some of the things that people might take exception to, especially from that uh, Harvard study. First one, um, what about the coffee and tea? Doesn't caffeine dehydrate you? Um, and the answer to that really is no. There is a small diuretic effect coming from caffeine in coffees and teas. Diuretic means that we will go to the bathroom and pass water out through our kidneys and through our urine. That's a normal part of life, and diuretics make us do that a little bit more. But if you drink an 8-ounce cup of coffee, the diuretic effect is a lot less than the 8 ounces of fluid that you put into your body. So you really are not dehydrating yourself because you're drinking caffeine, whether it comes from, whether the source is coffee or tea. That is a myth. Some of the other myths that I want to talk about. Does alcohol dehydrate you? The Harvard study there says four ounces of beer. Well, the answer to that question is yes and no. If you drink a minimal amount, four ounces of beer is what they talked about in the study, nobody is going to get significantly, significantly dehydrated, and that's the key. Will you get a little bit dehydrated from alcohol? Yes, in line with the amount that you've consumed. If you consume too much alcohol, you will suffer effects of dehydration. We're not gonna talk about the other bad effects of drinking alcohol, but from a fluid standpoint and a dehydration standpoint, we know that that's in line with the amount that you drink. Okay, should we be drinking normal water? Or what about this new craze out there that's alkaline water? There's some good research out there not done by the companies producing alkaline water. The companies that produce alkaline water tell you that it's the best thing to drink and you shouldn't be drinking regular water. That's a myth. If you are dehydrated, alkaline water can help replenish the liquids in your system a little bit more quickly. If you are under certain, sorts of, certain types of medical conditions, the alkaline water might help with other portions of your health, not just the hydration. So alkaline water does have a good place and there's some good research out there, but it's not essential that we drink it and it's definitely not essential that we replace our normal water with alkaline water. It's helpful in certain situations. Sports drinks as opposed to water. A lot of people who are out there doing a lot of exercise will give their opinions on this and will argue back and forth. Which one is more important to drink, water or sports drinks? If you are exercising for extended periods of time, long distance runners, long sessions, your body definitely needs the water, the liquids, and it also needs some salt. So if you're working out long enough, you do need to put some salt back into it. Sports drinks are going to put salt in there. They're also going to have some calories. So if you're doing long extended activities, you also probably are going to need some calories in there. Sports drinks offer you both the salt and the calories that you likely would be needing. If you're doing extended 
exercises, prolonged exercises, you're probably going to be lacking both of those things if you only drink water. So sports drinks or some kind of a gel can start to put in the calories and the salts that you need. But just drinking sports drinks in in place of water, if you're not exercising, does not really give you any benefits. Bottled water or tap water? Well, the people that sell bottled water will tell you that you should only drink bottled water. You should not drink tap water. That's the people that are selling it to you, and I'm not surprised that they say, tell you that. There's nothing wrong with drinking tap water. Some people don't like the taste and like to buy a filter. Not essential, but if you like the taste of it better, then go ahead and filter your water out. Tap water is cheap. It's readily accessible in this country, and it's completely safe for you. Every municipality out there that does its water tests on a regular basis, and you can get the information to make sure that it's, that it's safe for you. There's a myth that drinking water clears toxins out of your system. It's essential that you drink a large amount of water so that you can flush the toxins out of your system. That's a myth also. Drinking extra water just pushes more liquids through your kidneys, and your kidneys are supposed to filter those toxins out, but pushing more water through there does not necessarily help filter any better. Some studies have actually suggested that drinking excess water could inhibit or slow down the way the kidneys filter out those toxins. So it's not something that we have to do, and it's sometimes it's not even helpful. There's another myth that people will tell you that water is good for your skin. Drinking lots of water is great for your skin. Uh, that's simply not true. If you are going to talk about drinking water versus drinking a sugary soda or a sugar-filled sweet tea, then the chemicals, it's the other things in the drinks that you're choosing, or even if you're going to be drinking uh, a coffee with 16 pumps of some type of syrup and whipped cream that's got 800 calories and 40 grams of fat, it's not the water that we're, that we're having a problem with. It's all those other things that you put in it when you're making those coffees. Those coffees are great to drink if you treat them like a dessert. If you treat them like a normal thing, you're putting a lot of fat into your system, and that probably has a negative effect on your skin more so than drinking water has a positive effect. There's an idea that drinking water is really, really good for you because it'll help you burn calories. There's, that it will help you lose weight. Um, the only way that it'll help you lose weight is if you drink water and it decreases your appetite. Water does not burn calories. Water does not give you energy, so your body's going to have to get energy energy from someplace and drinking water is not going to make you lose weight. It may just prevent you from overeating. Water can help us lose weight if we eliminate some of the calories associated with it. If you drink a cup of water instead of that six or 700 calorie large Starbucks with 16 pumps of sugar in it, then choosing water will definitely cut out those calories and help you lose weight. I realize I have not tried to address all of the myths about drinking water. There's lots of them out there. But I wanted to get to some of the most common ones because I think people suggest that we need to drink just water because of these myths that they put out there. They'll give us this information and they'll tell us why their brand of water, whether it's a mineral water, whether it's a distilled water, whether it's an alkaline water, uh, or whatever brand of water they're selling, they'll tell us why it's good for us for those different reasons. Our bodies do need water. We need liquids to, to function properly. And in certain situations, such as exercise and nursing and sicknesses, we need to up our, our water intake. A lot of people do feel better and recover faster from colds and flus if they can keep themselves better hydrated. They have better athletic performance if they keep themselves properly hydrated. And nursing mothers don't have to be told more than once about the, the importance of, of that adequate intake. A lot of the other myths that are out there and the rumors that float around and the people that are selling things are simply that. They're making money selling you a product. So we want to make sure 
that we are getting adequate fluids into our body. And we can do that by drinking water, by making good choices like the Harvard study says, including coffee and tea, including some juices. We can include foods that we know are higher in water content. Things like watermelon and a lot of other vegetables are good sources of liquids and water. And if we choose to put fluids into our diet through the things that we eat, we don't have to get 64 ounces of water consumed each day. That can be a real chore for some people. But if you're not going to be eating those foods, then maybe you need to look at the amount that you're drinking and try to at least get the amount that they're talking about. 15 and a half cups for men, 11 and a half cups for women. Take a look at what you're doing, see where you fall into that. I hope this has given you some some information about what you should and shouldn't be drinking. Um, It'd be great if you know someone that's concerned about these things, pass this podcast information along to them, uh, share this with them, uh, and maybe open their eyes at least a little bit, get them thinking about the other people that are telling them to do things and selling them things so that maybe they can get some information. I'm a big fan that information is key and passing good information along to people is what I want to do. So until next week, I will talk with you later. Thank you.